Go. Yeah. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast, episode four, ladies and gentlemen. 4.2, 4.2. No. <laughs> four, 4.0. We actually started to figure out how to use all the equipment, so there's been less errors, which is nice. Oh, yeah. she's going to be smooth sailing from here, gentlemen. I don't like having to do this 47 times before we can actually put something up. Let's not jinx it. This is only the start of 4.0. <laughs> so we, um, I guess we'll start off. Pretty good news, mate. We got the REA... You're going to uh, welcome the audience, but oh, welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the um, the past viewers and the yes. the new guys. For those who don't know, we're Dan and Kurt. <laughs> um, and this is the real estate podcast. Yeah, there's no fluff here, so there is no fluff. Um, probably PG rated. Yes. Yeah. So. Parental guidance, definitely recommended for the viewers. Um, but yeah, let's crack on with that. That's exciting news for, yeah, it our, is. for our agency. It is exciting news, mate. So I think for the last three to six months, we, we obviously keep up to date with the statistics from um, REA in regards to how we're going, how we're performing against our competitors in the region. And REA is realestate.com, by the way. Yes. Dan forgets sometimes that not everyone's in real estate and it is. they don't get all the, the lingo. Yeah. So REA's are realestate.com. For those who don't know. We are currently number one in the Greater Springfield region. I think we're sitting in mid-60s for the last six months and our closest competitor is somewhere in the 40s. So Yeah, the most interesting thing that come out of that, I mean, it's great to be number one agency as far as sales are concerned, um, but the thing that I found to be most interesting was um, the statistics around all of that too. So our buyer views versus other agencies was around 8 or 10% more. Yep. Our recommendations um, and our, um, what are they called? The reviews, yeah. our review level. So a recommendation and reviews, they was about 7% higher than every other agency. Um, and there was a couple of other statistics in there as well that were really, really interesting based on, you know, what actually gets better results. So it was really, really good to see not only are we number one, but we're achieving higher um, views on properties, higher number of buyers, higher number of views. Those things are obviously really important. Yeah, and our average um, price as well. Average price, that yeah. that was really important too. So yeah. um, We're well above the market average. I believe we're about thirty or 40000 average sale price higher than everybody else. So, yeah. um, you know, end use built on results speak louder than words. There's... About 412 number one real estate agents around, if you ask them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's nice to actually have the results and statistics to place us there. And um, it's been a hard slog to get there, but we've got the right people in the right places now. And, um, yeah, super proud of the team, super proud of the guys, the girls, and everyone that makes that happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really big result. Mate, it's a Friday. Um, I've sort of sprung this episode on you. Well. Hence the... Attire. I've got me pluggers on as well. Um, but I thought in the last couple of weeks especially, we've been inundated with questions. So I've got a few um, coming through this morning even in regards to real estate in general, Facebooks, emails, um, text messages, all those sorts of things. So I wanted to hit you with a heap of questions. I've sort of narrowed down the list because we've only got 20 minutes and you and I can speak for about five days straight. Um are you keen to sort of jump into this with me? 
Well, it depends what the questions are, I guess. They're, I had to, yeah, filter out a few. I'm assuming you picked the dumbest, most stupid and hardest ones <laughs> to answer for me. So, well, this yes. will be interesting. First one, I like this one because it's different now. It, 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 it doesn't, doesn't refer to the market at the moment. So, I'd be interested to hear this. What's the longest house you've had on the market? This one's from Cheryl. I didn't find out where all these people live and whatever else, but Cheryl sent this one in. What's the longest house you've had on the market? I've had some doozies. Yes. Um, one that springs to mind, and this was an interesting one. It was a, probably one of the toughest markets at the time about, I don't know, probably going back three or four years. Yep. I had a beautiful home in Brookwater. It was in the new estate. The owners had just built it. Unfortunately, had to split ways and move on so they had to sell a property so it was still under construction when i first got introduced to the home right went there got in through the process and we run a really strong marketing campaign so the house i believe with land and construction cost at the time going back then was around 1.1 million yep um the owners were happy just to try and recoup their money essentially um and that was when it was a really tricky market to to get people to spend that much money out here it's kind of normal now but yeah. 1.1 million in greater springfield four years ago was a big ask unheard of yep um so we run a, a massive marketing campaign on that one prior to it being finished to try and gauge some interest right um with video marketing and social media and all of that sort of stuff database etc so we had some people through no interest in that price category I then took it to the market. We had the house fully staged professionally. Um, photography, we had cars involved. We had Is this video. finished? Yeah, when it was finished. Finished. So we had fully staged. We got beautiful cars involved. We tried to sell a luxury lifestyle. We had the golf course involved. We did everything you possibly could. The video actually had over like 600,000 views online between my social media, head office social media, our website, real estate.com, domain, etc. So we, yep. we got amazing level of views on it. Um, we just couldn't get anyone to make an offer. So long story short, I had it on the market for three months. Yep. The owners took it off me, give it to another agency that are actually pretty handy. They had it on for three months. They couldn't sell it. Yep. They moved on to another agent who's also pretty handy. She had it for three months. She couldn't sell it, so she bought it. <laughs> just bought it off. Yeah, she bought it about wow. 150 grand cheaper. Cheaper. And then... Um, yeah. Geez, she'd be laughing now. Yeah, I think she sold a few years later and made some pretty good cabbage out of it. So um, that's probably, you know, that's a bit of a standout one. I've definitely had some shit boxes around the place that have been on for a long time and, yep. you know, some of the bigger projects. And, you know, when you're a young agent, you take every piece of business you possibly can when you're learning. So yeah, you've got some unrealistic owners that, you know, you try and have a crack at and just pray to God that someone comes along and buys them when they're probably never going to. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, I'm past that stage now. Yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Whatever you want to sell, I'll sell it. Yeah. So, oh, look, I'll, I'll still sell anything. As yeah, long absolutely. As it's sellable. Yeah. So, well, I guess, yeah, that's that's different, isn't it? We, we don't really see that much anymore, but it could be shifting back into those. But look, I've, I've definitely seen properties on the market for over a year. Yeah. Well, um, this, is, this is sent from Ben. He is an upcoming agent. What's the biggest mistake agents make is his question. Oh, for me, the common one is um, always trying to be the vendor's best friend. 
Um, I see a lot of agents make that mistake. Of course, we want to be personable. Of course, we want to have a good relationship with our owners. Um, But I kind of, when I'm teaching and coaching other agents, I refer to it like the doctor. When you go to the doctor, the doctor's nice to you. They're courteous, but they're not there to be your best friend. They're there to give you the information that you need in order to move forward in your life. Real estate agents need to be the same process. Yeah. They need to give the vendor information they don't necessarily like. Same as a doctor when he says you've got cancer or a broken leg or a broken arm or you know, you've know you got a heart problem. It's not nice news to deliver, but it's mm. the truth. And in yeah. order to move forward, you need to know the truth because there's a problem. And yeah. In order to solve the problem, you need to find a solution. Yeah. What agents do and what I see all the time is they know there's a problem or they convince themselves there's not, one of the two, um, but they don't do anything about it. They don't want to have that tough conversation with the vendor in order to be able to find a solution to the problem. Yep. Biggest example of that is a property's on the market for a long period of time. Um, we know it's overpriced, the feedback's about pricing issues, but the um, agent convinces themselves and the vendor that it's not a pricing not problem. Yep. It's the, show, the show was on... It was wet weekend. It was too hot. It was too cold. Um, you know, we had a buyer come. Their car broke down. Uh, all of these things, right? <laughs> so that's a big mistake I've seen as a um, as a principal with my own staff over yep. periods of time, um, and coaching external agents as well. Um, I've definitely seen that. So being able to have tough conversations is definitely one of the biggest mistakes I see. Yeah, I think the weather one's the big one. We see that. More often than not, oh, it was raining. You know, no one's coming out to buy a house that they love or, or are interested in. The next one that we've got is from Mark. What's the worst thing about real estate? It <laughs> could be, <laughs> could be a lot. I'm we gonna, could, I'm gonna, We're I'll, already up to nine minutes, so just be careful. I'll yeah. hand this one over to you quickly. <laughs> oh well, personally, the worst thing about real estate, I think. And, and I'm seeing it a lot, and you know, you've you've warned me about it. Is the ghosting? I hate the ghosting. That's, and when I say ghosting, I'm talking about buyers that come in. They go, "We love the house. This is exactly what we want. Here's our offer to purchase form or, or expressions of interest link, and we send it through. And you know, I'm I'm full of beans and, and ready to go and filling out contracts and everything. And then I get in contact with those people or try to get in contact with those people again. I never hear from them. Yeah, yeah. Or someone that comes to me going. We're ready to sell our house. We've got it all prepared, ready to go. When, when can you get it online? And then I'm going through the process to have everything ready. Then I go back to call them again and they're gone. I never see, never hear from them again. Yeah, that's common. I hate that. <laughs> that, that that's happened forever and probably always will. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to last week's episode, Buyers are Lies. Yeah, um, worse. <laughs> but look, yeah, that's probably one of my pet peeves too. But oh, generally, all in all, I, I actually... Really like real estate. You don't mind it? <laughs> Been in it for a while, so yeah. must be something about it. But yeah, that's a, a frustrating one. But I think the the longer you're in the industry, the you'll probably sooner, I'll probably get used to it. Yeah. The sooner you pick up the fluff, though, and go, yeah, true, you're, true. You're an idiot. Um, the next one: Does depersonalizing the house make a difference when it comes to selling? Yeah, I love this question. Um, owners ask me this all the time, and I'm sure it's talked about in all listing presentations from every real estate agent. I'm sure owners and vendors selling their home think about this question commonly. Yeah. Look, there's a big difference between depersonalizing and having a home. Yeah. For me, 
if you've got 4,000 photos of your whole family through the house, that, uh, that'd that's, be a bit much. That's decluttering. That's yeah, not that's depersonalizing, that's decluttering. I don't exactly. care what the photos are of. Yep. For me, in an area like this, particularly through most of these suburbs, Springfield Lake, Spring Mountain, Augustan Heights, et cetera, they're a really family oriented type community that we sell property in. Therefore, your target market generally, 70% of the time, is going to be families. So, yep. therefore, you want your home to present like a family home. Yep. Um, so, no, I don't think you need to depersonalize extremely. There, in speaking, I'm saying if you've got a wedding photo on your bedside table, I don't think you need to remove that. No. Um, people don't tend to care about that in this area. If you're selling a $3 million mansion in Balimba on the river, different caliber of fish yeah that's right so yes um i would then so there's a yes and a no depending on your market depending on your target audience and who you're trying to sell a house to yeah the only thing that that we do out here uh, when we talk about decluttering is when we shoot photos of a kitchen or a bathroom we particularly like those spaces to be completely bare um but in terms of the rest of the house, we just I, I just agree with you. I feel like that family touch is exactly what this community needs. It's got to be on a house-to-house basis, though, because, yes. you know, there's heaps of things that can be personalisation, and that's like someone wants shaggy green carpet, and yep. that's their touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not everyone. Yeah. Or someone's got their whole entire um, interior of their house painted pink. <laughs> Yeah, I would depersonalize that because not everyone likes pink. Yeah. But when it comes to photography and photos and, and things like that, definitely not. Like yep. if you've got a, a kid and it, and you've got uh, a Batman pillowcase and all that stuff, not a problem. It's yep. a kid's bedroom. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the next one we've got, have you ever had a bad review? I actually, I actually looked this up. So you've got one. It's a two-star review. And the title is very much on the side of the seller. <laughs> so a disgruntled buyer. I've got a feeling I know which property is this is from a fair while ago. Yes. In yep. Brookwater? Yes, I think so. Something to do with a maybe a table or Yeah. Yeah, really frustrating. I just sort of laughed it off. Um you know, I never misrepresent what a house is or yep. what's happening with it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm here to work for the vendor to get them the most amount of money. But in saying that, I'm always friendly to the buyer too. I'm not just a ruthless wreck who's yeah. rude and relentless towards buyers. I want to build a, a relationship with those guys as well. But my job at the end of the day is to get the most money for the vendor. So I think these people were disgruntled around the fact that I was really, I really worked hard and negotiated hard for a long period of time to get the number um, that would satisfy my vendors. Yep. Um, and the backstory to that, I still this is years ago actually. I remember it. Um, the the owners had a pool table in the house. Right. They'd moved out, took the pool table. Um, it was a couple of days before settlement. I organised with the buyers. We went to the pre-settlement inspection together, all of us. Um, the owners were there, the buyers were there, I was there. We all walked around the house together. Blah blah blah. In the layout, in the that that living area where the pool table was, there was some stuff on the floor. Right. So on the day of settlement, we've gone there, um, hand over the keys, done the flowers, the champagne, the congratulations, everyone's happy as Larry. Yep. They've gone in the house and there's a couple of scratch marks where the, the feet of the pool table had been sitting. Okay. They then insisted that I knew about it and was trying to hide it from them and I was the one to put all the shit on the floor on the day of the pre-settlement and blah, oh. blah, blah. 
Right. I knew nothing about it. Yep. And then the way they reacted just made me go, well, I don't really want to help you now. If yeah. they had nicely brought it up with just me. Just pointed the finger. Yeah. I probably would have went out of my way to try and help them get it fixed. But yep. if you're going to be rude and, and treat me like that after I've helped you and be nice to you and got you in there, well, probably not going to work with me. And the thing is, like, for any agent coming up, you know, there are going to be moments where you can't please everyone. Yeah, you or can't please everyone. I'll say this all the time. It, in real estate, just be a good person. Don't tell any bullshit stories. Don't yes. lie to people. Just do your job. Be a good human being um, and get on with it. And that's not going to suit everyone's style. Not everyone's going to like that. But guess what? I sleep eight hours a night very comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. I've got another one from Jody. How do I choose an agent? Where do I start? So these guys are obviously thinking about taking their house to the market and they've got no idea who to choose. Uh, Really smart question. If I was, um, I'll give you an example actually. I live in Greater Springfield. If I owned an investment property in Newcastle, I don't know anyone down there, no idea. The first thing that I would do is go into realestate.com and I'd go into the buy section, I'd go into the sell section and I would look for the agent that's most active in that area. Yep. Or probably the top two or three. I would... Then there's a facility on domain and realestate.com where you can actually select a few different agents as a seller and then you can compare them all. How many sales they've had, how many reviews they've had and you can read all of their reviews. Yep. That's one thing I would do. The second thing I would do is I would then go into a, um, there's a website called Rate My Agent. Yep. Um, I would say 80% of the real estate world is on Rate My Agent. Yep. Um, I'd go onto there and I'd look up the agent. You can see all of their statistics, how long they've been in the in the industry, how many properties they've sold, um, all of their reviews, how many days on market they have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. From there, I would shortlist it down to three active agents with good reviews that sell lots of properties similar to yours in your suburb. Yep. I would then interview, mm, I would say no more than three. Mm. Sometimes people will just be comfortable with one, but I definitely, um, or one or two, but I think sometimes I get called into business and they've got nine agents going on. <laughs> You're not going to remember what number two said by the time you get to number nine. Yeah. So I think that's silly. Um, I'll just get those top three, interview them at most, and um, make sure you've got a good set of questions for them about the process that they're going to go through um, and make sure they have a bit of a system in place from day one. What do we do? What's going to happen week one, week two, week three into the first month? If we don't have the result we want, what's the process moving forward so that you know all the way from start to finish what's going to happen? Yep. That's good. What um, We've got one more. This is a bit of a personal question, mate. What's the most amount of commission you've made in one month? <laughs> there was a few of these actually yeah look oh, i've been asked these I, I hate that those questions um, I, I don't like to talk about financial positions and um and how much money we make a lot of agents do a lot of agents do it's just not my yeah caliber like i'm here to do a job and service my vendors and fortunately from a lot of hard work and dedication yeah i get to sell lots and lots of homes i make i'm in a I make good money, yes. but I, was, I certainly would never talk about the the financial position or how much money you know can be made. Um, unfortunately, I would say ninety percent of agents make less than the minimum wage because it's not easy. Yeah, um, and there's a select few that are good at what they do that make good money. So 
Yeah, look, I'm not going to answer specifically around numbers, but if you're good, you can make good money. If you're shit, you'll go broke. Yeah, that was the other question that we had um, from someone that's fairly established in real estate. He's asked, what's the biggest myth about real estate and real estate agents? And I think you've nearly answered the question there because I think the biggest myth in real estate is how much money every single agent makes regardless of success. Yeah, that's right. And look... You know, I think another one is all agents are the same. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, people are hugely misguided by that. And Absolutely. What, a, what the difference is between agents. And I think a, a lot of the time p- people forget about the end result and they look at the, the starting numbers. For example, the marketing costs or the commission fees rather than how much money they're going to walk with at the walk away with at the end of the transaction. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, there are agents that charge cheaper commission, but they've been in the industry for no period of time. They have no training. They don't know what they're doing. And the chances of them getting you a premium price at the end, you know, unlikely. So that's probably one of the biggest myths. All agents make lots of money and we get around swanky suits and drive nice cars and blah, blah. It's, you know, it's a tough gig, particularly when you start. Yeah. It's a very big grind, as you know. Lots of hours, lots of hard work, lots of chasing, lots of nurturing, um, lots of time and effort going into things that don't necessarily make you money. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's one of the biggest ones. I think yeah, with that myth of, of every agent being the same as well for viewers out there, we are going to do an episode on the differences specifically and um, how you can choose an agent. What I'm going to do is be very open. Yes. I'm going to tell you exactly what we charge and what's involved in it for yep. marketing. Yep. I'll, I'll share with you what we charge for commission. Yep. Um, and I'll share with you what some of the other agents do and what the differences are between us. So essentially, you're going to get to hear me talk to you as if you're selling your house. Yep. And our competitors are going to hear it um, and see it and be able to use it, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Mate, we've, I, I do have some more, but I've told you, we've got to try and knuckle this down to 20 minutes because I've got shit to do. I'm an entertainer, mate. They want to watch. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Obviously, thank you so much for the questions. Keep them coming in. We'll do one of these every couple of months um, just to sort of keep you up to date. But otherwise, we will chat to you very soon. We're um, Ash got the flu this week. <laughs> yes. But she has promised us she'll be in soon. Yes, absolutely. Take care, guys. Hooroo. Hooroo.